To a special Thursday evening edition of Locked on Lakers, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Rob Palinka, Lakers GM, spoke to the media on Thursday ahead of next week's media day, had some interesting stuff to say about offseason priorities, about a slim LeBron James, and some big expectations defensively for Taylor Horton Tucker. We'll talk about all of it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to let you know that Thursdays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and who is down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so... Yeah, we we didn't know he was going to be doing this, and uh, Rob it was not Kalinka. announced until earlier uh, today. So yeah, Thursday we, afternoon, nobody so, knew. Um, Palinka gets in front of the media, as you know, guys typically do ahead of of, of media day. The the GM or the coach will speak, and uh, took a lot of questions, about twenty five minutes worth of questions, and some interesting stuff came out of it. Um, let's start with just what he had to say about off season priorities, um, because that obviously frames everything that uh, the Lakers ended up doing. He laid out three of them. The first one, find another primary ball handler. Um, that's basically, I would say, a redo on last year's number one goal, <laughs> which was find another primary ball handler. Um, and filled that with Russell Westbrook. Shooting was number two. And the third one was pretty interesting too. Get back to the old center model. He talked about going back to having what they had a couple years ago, defensive rebounding oriented centers um, which explains at least to some degree the Dwight Howard return and the acquisition of DeAndre Jordan which parts of that do you want to kind of get into because I thought uh, particularly uh, numbers one and three were were particularly interesting yeah I mean obviously another primary ball handler is Russell Westbrook I mean yes. you, you don't find guys in the league who are you know, more dominant on the ball. You know, saying that without any disparaging context to it, I'm just saying. No, I mean, a, like the guy's averaged over ten assists a game in like five of the last six seasons or something. He is, yeah, a I mean, ball handler. Right, he is a ball handler. He is ball dominant. He creates for others. He can run sets, all of that stuff, and that's obviously something that they were looking for with Westbrook. And you know, they made a very, very major, you know, uh, roster complexion changing move in bringing in Westbrook. But what I also thought was interesting too, is you could look at that in a, you know, not to the same degree, but still notable uh, context of bringing in Kendrick Nunn and what they are hoping for in THT. Because when Kendrick Nunn is out there, depending on the way the, the breakdowns of the second unit where you and I both anticipate he's going to end up playing, the way those shake out, he could be a primary ball handler in those groups. Talon Horton Tucker, could potentially be a primary ball Can handler I, 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 in those I groups. I disagree with it. Push a little bit back on that. See, I what I think I'm I'm looking forward to seeing in those moments, like let's say you have neither LeBron nor uh, Westbrook on the floor at the same time, which I'm not sure how often that's going to happen, but it'll happen at least sometimes. I um, mean, those you know those pitchers theoretically ADs out on the floor, but I mean, none is not a classic point guard. No, I agree, but he's a ball with, handler. He is a you're right. He's a, but like in terms of a ball handler, distributor, you know, an offense initiator, paired with THT, 
Like, I think if they can get mileage out of a lineup like that with that with AD and let both of the, you know, Westbrook and LeBron uh, rest or something, like, there are going to be, there's going to be a need, I think you're right, to find alternates beyond LeBron and um, and and uh, Westbrook, and that's where none certainly uh, could. And THT, I think they really are hoping can fill that role and let none be more of a scorer in in that kind of combination. Sure, but but the the point I was making though is just the idea that the Lakers over the last couple of years have had certain guards that all things being equal, you really don't want handling the ball that much at all. Danny Green comes to mind. KCP mm-hmm. often right. came to mind. You know, Alex Caruso would have his moments where you would look for him doing that and and times where he looked like he was making strides in that progression and then other times where it's like he's he's just not there yet. I think they I would imagine at least that they look at Nun and THT as being if nothing else potentially ahead of all the guys that I just mentioned in terms of just a a ball handling role of Nun. Okay, okay that makes sense. Yeah, and and then I, and obviously though, you know, the way that they attacked question 1 with acquiring Russell Westbrook impacts number two, which is it, 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 it increased the impetus to find shooting in every way. And, you know, we don't know yet if they solve that problem, if there's going to be enough shooting to go around Westbrook, you know, just because of the spacing issues that Westbrook's presence creates, you know, it's not, you know, this is obviously something we've talked about in the off season and we'll continue to talk about what you cannot accuse the Lakers of is ignoring the problem. They certainly, went out and threw everything they possibly could at it with the with the idea of you know you you are limited in to some degree with what you can spend you can't just go out and get anybody it's got to be minimum guys or in the case of none your uh, your taxpayer mid level between monk ellington none bazemore and am i forgetting anybody that's four guys who shot between 37 and 41% last year I, from three, I mean, it's something like that. I mean, you know, and even Ariza is not incompetent from that. You know, he's not like a you know terrible three point shooter. He's just not great. He's thirty five percent, thirty four three. You know, somewhere in there. But he's at least competent. Oh, Carmelo Anthony, right? Um, and, and it's fu- it's good that you I, mentioned Melo. I mean, a just for inclusion, but also too. Like, I thought it was interesting when Palinka he was asked. I don't remember what the question was, but specifically about Mello. It was about how Mello, like the role on the team, like what do you expect okay. him to do, and, and all that stuff. And he was very specific in talking about Mello mm-hmm. as a catch and shoot guy, and like somebody who's been among the best catch and shoot uh, guys in the league over the last couple of years. And he and he said that that was a type of outside shooter specifically that they were missing, yeah. which makes a lot of sense when you're talking about. Guys like LeBron and Russell Westbrook and maybe at his best, Taylor Horton Tucker, who go downhill a lot. And you want to make sure that you really put a premium on them going and was, downhill. And, and, and it was crazy. About it. it was really crazy to me. And he's not. it's not in an inaccurate way or like so stupid to sign him that way or it's limiting or whatever. It was just – it was crazy to hear Carmelo Anthony accurately – and appropriately kind of described and pigeonholed into that role. Like that is exactly what you want 37-year-old Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career to be. Palinka noted too, you know, he's still a really physically strong guy. Um, you know, when we had uh who was it from uh it was Mike Richmond, right? From yes. locked on on uh locked on Blazers. Blazers. 
um, he pointed out, like, you know, if if Melo even sniffs a guy that he thinks can't guard him in the post, he will abuse him down low, particularly if it's a younger player. Um, and, he, you know, that Rob pointed out that capability. But fundamentally, what they want from him is a spot up catch and shoot guy. And it was just it's it's crazy to hear Carmelo Anthony, one of the most dynamic offensive players of any generation, Described that way, I, it, it was it was it was just a sign of the times that I thought was interesting. Um, one quick thing to get, and then obviously with number three, the, sorry, the third part of those priorities, the the two the two large traditional center model, which right. is going to make a lot of people somewhere between nervous and skeptical. Um, it reinforces what I've been saying the last couple of weeks. I am going to need to see mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. You know, at best, starting at worst, playing the majority of minutes at center to believe it. Um, DeAndre Jordan, as I pointed out the last time we talked about this, Brian, signed with the Lakers um, like 22 seconds after he cleared waiver <laughs> or after he even actually got moved. Oh, it was a done deal Detroit. before. It was a done deal before he even. Right. Yeah. It was in the minute so it happened. Right. I can't, I can't believe that he was that quick to join the Lakers without the expectation of having a role. Because I, assuming he wants to play, I don't think just being in LA and being part of a championship team would be enough to entice him. Like I'm not, ex- I'm not saying that he expects to be a 30-minute-a-night guy, but I no, would sure, you're expect right. it, that, it, he, that he thinks he's going to get 10 to 15 minutes it, regularly, it could, semi-regularly. It could go either way. It absolutely, because there are a lot of things here at play. And there are sign with other teams. Right. There are a lot of things here at play because it could be that they wanted the model to be available to them. But whereas AD played about 40% of his minutes at, you know, two years ago, down to like 10, I throw everything out last year because it was just too weird a season. But, you know, it was way down last year. Are we talking something that looks like it did the year they won the title? Is it that maybe plus 20 or, you know, he plays 50 or 60% of his minutes there and you just cut down those center minutes appropriately? I don't care if he starts. Like, sometimes it's just easier in this and that. I'm much more concerned about the floor combinations and sort of the total time with the assumption that most games he's going to play center in the fourth quarter. Um, But you also may find yourself in a position where you have fewer close games to try to overcome or play hard, all that stuff, if he does it more during the game. You mentioned floor combinations. It's easier to get better floor combinations if he starts. This is why this This is a question I did not get to ask. This is my my, my little Zoom hand raised. This was the one that I would wanted to ask Rob, not that he was probably going to be specific in answering it, but that's what I wanted to ask. It gets to why I kept saying all through last season, Dennis Schroeder, starting versus coming off the bench matters because I think it affects floor combinations beyond his own, I think, lack of ideal use right. as a starter. All, all, all right, this so stuff we'll, we'll see. Each other. We'll get a little more information from this next week from Frank Vogel. Certainly, it'll be asked of Anthony Davis more than once when he meets with the media on Tuesday. Uh, so plenty more to come on this and some clarity, hopefully. Next, though, Andy, let's look at the vaccination question because uh, Palinka had some, I thought, very important and encouraging answers on that. Not so much based on are you an anti-vax or pro-vax or whatever. I'm talking about how this impacts the Lakers season, uh, regardless of your uh, stance on these things, which should be go get vaccinated, by the way. Uh, we'll do that next. 
Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were won and lost based on which players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense. It required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents so there's no more losing sleep because your opponent's players had more scheduled games to play in in that week, no more giving up halfway through the season because, man, there's so much busy work to account for, and that's not fun. And it's like, you know, you got a life. But in game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponents' defensive raking, pace of play, yada, yada, yada. They offer redraft. They offer keeper. They offer dynasty. And you are going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app, start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Hey, Andy, does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device. No, let me finish. Okay. I'm not there yet. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that uh, you stream on your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, you've got your neighbor's best friends, logins, girlfriends, husbands, cousins, something or other for like the lair login to pirate some sort of channel that you can't otherwise get. Um, now answer, does this sound familiar to you? Yes, Brian, it does. <laughs> now, I want to tell you then about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device. It just occurred to me, like anybody listening to this would think we would probably have had this conversation more casually, but we never have. It's no. only right now I'm no. introducing this idea to Once this podcast ends, you and I have absolutely no interest in what is going on in each other's lives. No contact or anything. Um, So anyway, no juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contracts. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and uh, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. People, by the way, should be aware of that because when our parents, for example, come in town for the holidays, all of the planning that we do for those weekends, it's going to happen on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we won't be doing it. You'll be uh, very excited otherwise. to learn the Thanksgiving menu. Yes. Um, so uh, vaccination, as we are learning in California, is a very important issue for getting your team on the floor as Andrew Wiggins currently is not going to be able to play any home games for the Warriors. Uh, because the rules are you have to be a vaccinated employee to show up in the building and uh, up in San Francisco and down here. I mean, and, glass, uh, not. glass half full. There's only 41 of them. That's right. Um, but I don't know if he could play in L.A. either. I'm not sure about Sacramento. So we're really starting to get into a fair amount of, <laughs> yeah. of their schedule. Um, but anyway, Palinka was asked about uh, the Lakers and their vac- vaccination status. And he said that by opening night all the players on their roster uh, and team personnel will be vaccinated. Now that it certainly implies that perhaps not everybody is fully vaccinated at this point because of the two week lags and all that kind of stuff. But um, regardless, once the season rolls around, this is not going to be an issue for the Lakers. Now it doesn't mean that COVID won't impact the Lakers. There are breakthrough cases and things can happen. We, we know people who've dealt with breakthroughs. Sure. But what it does mean is that the Lakers will have a much easier time with the protocols that the NBA appears to be setting around things which are much easier on contact tracing, much easier 
on um, quarantine periods and all that kind of stuff for players who are asymptomatic and test negative and are vaccinated. And so while they might lose individual players, the Lakers much more likely now to not have any issues, both with the state of California, <laughs> but also with uh, with the NBA, which is great to see. I mean, I think this will be the case for most teams across the league, but it's still nice to see. Just not the, the right thing to do. Just not the ones employing Wiggins or presumably Kyrie Irving. Right. Or if, um, you know, Cole Beasley picks up a basketball. <laughs> I, I mean, look, this is this is really important. I mean, beyond the health issues at play and the way we are all interconnected in this pandemic dilemma, whether we like it or not, and I decidedly vote not, we are all in this thing together. <laughs> I would much prefer to be able to pull this off individually, but we can't. No. But but when you start getting into the logistics of a season and all the, the different factors that come with trying to keep everybody, you know, COVID safe and trying to do this as safely as possible, it, like you said, becomes that much easier when there's that one less thing to worry about with the vaccina vaccination status of the players. And, you know, if somebody has to be separated, what you do with those protocols, because they are, by my mind, right very now, it's like if you are an unvaccinated player, like you have to wear a mask, nobody else does. You have to be like separated right. from them on the plane. You have to right. be like, you, these are, you basically are your own floating island. Right. These are, these are logistical issues for a team to have to deal with, and they're a pain in the ass over the course of an entire year. But I think what's also really good about this, you know, really for any team, but I think specifically the Lakers with what they've been through with the fatigue factor from last season, um, with the quick turnaround after winning the championship and, you know, the concerns that were there last season when comparing chemistry from the championship team in 2020 versus 2021. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that made recreating that championship team's chemistry so difficult was the fact that guys couldn't hang out freely the same way. You don't get to know your teammates it wasn't in the, the exact same. same. Guys were pulled in and out. It just, right. yeah, it was it was it, harder. It was it definitely harder. It becomes easier to build that sense of camaraderie, and the season becomes more fun. Mm -hmm. It will be a more enjoyable season for everybody involved. And I don't care how much these guys talk about how much they love their jobs. They mean it. They consider themselves some of the luckiest. People in the world, no even though they earned everything that they got, these seasons are long, man. Like they're long for us covering it, and we don't deal with like a tenth of the fatigue. The, the, the that travel, these guys go none of us. Right. The other part of this that was was uh, noteworthy. Um, it is it, uh, Rob Palenka reinforced the idea that it is expected that the Lakers will be able to welcome a full crowd. Um, at Staples Center, again, the rules around vaccination and proof of negative testing and all that kind of stuff that the state of California and the city have, uh, notwithstanding, people, this California high vaccination rate, LA high, and people who show up are going to, if they want to go to the Laker game, they'll do it. Um, so I have no concerns about that. The uh, Lakers are going to play in front of a full house. And I think as much as any team in the league, they suffered from that. Like that was a yep. problem for them last year. It is difficult, and Palenka talked about it, to get the energy up. Players talked about it. They will get a boost playing at home this year that they did not have last year. And particularly early, uh, that's important because they play a ton of home games early, as they do in most seasons, to get off to a good start that gives them the flexibility to do things over the course of the season, rest guys as needed, try lineup combinations. Getting off to a good start is important, and it will be easier for them to do it 
They will be energized by having a crowd in the stands. Um, it is not an insignificant just sort of platitude for the fans to, you know, talk about how much we love our guy. Like it really does make a difference. And so um, that is another thing that if you're trying to sort of factoring in how you think the Lakers might play early, the idea that they're going to have a crowd in front of them is definitely something to look forward to. Um, a couple other little things that uh, Palinka got into that are worth noting. Frank Vogel talked about this as well on the Lakers flagship uh, TV station, Spectrum Sportsnet out here in LA. THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, specifically though, Andy, the defensive work that they are hoping to see from him this year. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and they are healthy. They're great for health-conscious people, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight. They're low-calorie, they're low-sugar, they're high-protein, they're high-fiber. They are great for the keto folks, and as always, taste You've got the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors including cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. They're perfect for someone like me who doesn't want to feel bored like you're eating the same damn thing over and over and over. You've got really cool, unique, fun taste combinations. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Football is back and better than ever, Andy. We're looking at week three already, and uh, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are are fully rolling now into uh, the football season. Is out, and as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. New updated site, new interface, Andy. Even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag. It continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your one hundred percent welcome bonus it's double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use the promo code nfl 100 so from football basketball boxing right to your favorite favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts so andy whether you're talking about um frank vogel on spectrum sportsnet earlier this week or rob palinka on uh, Thursday afternoon, both of them asked about THT, and uh, Vogel wasn't even asked. Like if you if you go into a no, this was unprompted. It was unprompted. Brought this up, and they both talked about his defense and the potential for THT to make an impact on that side of the ball uh, more than what he did offensively and all that. And I think for me, this is sort of. Motivated by two things. First, I think they believe that he has the defensive tools. He's got 45 foot long arms. He's a good athlete. He's strong. He's, you know, he's a big, big kid. You know, he's just not tall. Um, and so I think they believe the physical tools are there. If you look at some of the numbers that, you know, uh, Tim over at uh, basketballindex.com, Cranjus McBasketball puts out, they like some of his perimeter numbers are not bad as an all on ball defender. It's more the spatial awareness. So I think they think they have the tools, but also too, Andy, this is his path to have the largest impact on the Lakers this year, because this is what will keep him on the floor to do all the other stuff that gets people excited about THT's game. Yeah. I mean, the fewer reasons that there are to take a developing player off the floor, the better the chances are that he stays there. And mm -hmm. with THT, like he doesn't have to be a stopper right now, as much as, as much as, uh, I think it was Frank Vogel talked about like guys 
including Alex Caruso and KCP and, you know, even to a lesser degree, Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, you know, what you lose defensively, Talon Horton Tucker being asked to make up for some of that. I don't think there is any anticipation that he could be the type of stopper or playing that type of really high leverage individual assignment role that you had with Caruso or KCP especially. Mm -hmm. But what they do need to have happen is THT being able to stay on the floor without doing any harm. Like he can't keep getting back cut constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what you mentioned before, like spatial awareness, I would just expand it to just awareness of everything happening on the floor that does not involve the guy directly in right. front of his face. And by the way, when you're 20 years old, of course, you know, this is the stuff that is hard. Well, th about this the isn't NBA. being critical of THT. It's just somebody has to do this. Like somebody has to help pick up that defensive slack. Like, you know, we used to talk about this with Kobe all the time, you know, later in his career before, you know, pre Achilles, like, you know, in between say peak Mamba of 2006 to 2013 when he tore the Achilles. There were a couple years where Kobe's defensive uh, reputation was more reputation than result. No question. But at the same time, like there, there was an understanding that Kobe was getting up there in age. He still had a lot of responsibility. And there's only so much you can ask of him uh, to be a true two-way player over the course of an entire mm -hmm. season, however long they go into the playoffs. And that's fine. But at the same time, the stuff he's not doing defensively matters, even if it's totally understandable. So it needs to be made up for somewhere else. And in the case of THT, who's obviously the inverse of where, you know, he is in his career and Kobe was in his, you know, just because it's understandable that THT even busting his ass might still make these mistakes or might not have this awareness, it matters. Even if it's understandable, what, it still matters. What they, what they need is predictability. They need to know what what you know. Where are his shortcomings? And those shortcomings, if they're repeated over and over again, even if they're problematic, can be compensated for by other. The problem is it, it, when you're not predictable. Oh wait, he made this mistake this time, but then you know, well, we blew that assignment here, but he covered it this time. That gets coaches. That makes it hard. Um, and you know, Palinka made it very clear that part of the reason they feel confident in the approach that they have this year. You called it the you know the, the Coach Vogel effect, the Frank Vogel effect, because he believes that yeah you know we may have opened up some holes for ourselves by letting go of the guys we did, trading the guys that we did, and bringing in guys who aren't as solid on that side of the ball. At least we at least that we know it. We don't know the fit. Um, we think Vogel can make this work. He has shown and showed last year particularly the ability oh, yeah. to um, make chicken bleep into chicken salad. You know, as the as the saying goes, and so. I, they are expecting that. And or maybe just that, like, you know, low-end chicken and organic chicken. Chicken I mean, like bleep said, might be a little too strong. And it doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to, THD doesn't have to be better than Caruso in part because I think the team is going to be a little bit different and all he's that. Also, in terms of, he's also not going to be better than Caruso. But, he, but he also he is isn't. better, but he's also going to contribute more offensively. Yes, he will. And so that's my point. It's like you, he brings more on the other end. So if he raises one, then you're getting, you know, it's okay. Hey. And so I, that that part to me, you know, the reliance on Vogel, I think, to help kind of smooth out these edges and fill these cracks and scheme their way around this stuff um, is definitely a part of, of what they're doing um, going forward. Last thing 
Um, and I'll, we'll get it. We, all this stuff is going to be getting, we're going to get back into it um, next week uh, after media day. But one, one thing that I thought was really interesting, he talked about LeBron slimming down. I'm very interested to see what that looks like because LeBron is a lean fellow already. Um, I assume he means just slightly less muscular, a little bit like, but I, I'm curious what that looks like. And I'm curious what that, um, how that translates onto the floor. Um, and then the other thing that I thought, he said, said he thought that it would make him a little bit more explosive mm -hmm. and, you know, what that means, you know, whether in terms he's talking about just the ability to rip and run rebounds and keep everything in transition or where they're thinking about using him on the floor, like three versus four versus. Oh, yeah. All that. One, you know, I just want I, I don't want to hear what LeBron has to say about like his body because, you know, he, he, you know, he obviously takes enormous pride in and likes talking about it. So mm -hmm. like you know, training regimen, oh, what he's what he's going shirtless for constantly. I would be, too. I'm not. This is not a criticism. I wouldn't own shirts. Um, no, he's the Matthew McConaughey of the NBA. And he talked as well. Palenka did about the training staff and like they're moving a little bit towards a customized training model. I'm not sure how different this is than what they were doing before. Pretty sure KCP's training program didn't look like Mark Gasol's last year. If it did, then they all did deserve to be fired. But I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. Uh, but the what the the broader point here is, it's a brand new training staff um, that is going to be under tremendous scrutiny given the stakes of the season, given the injury histories of the stars, and given the overall age of the roster. And so, learning more about what they do. And the, just it is a reminder that these guys are going to have an enormous magnifying glass on them as a brand new staff. Um, so uh, kind of a an underrated, high pressure um, addition to the Lakers roster this year. That I, that struck me as interesting. Well, I mean, when you have that many new pieces like the Lakers have, you know, the details matter. Like there, there's a lot of new information that you're keeping track of, and. One of those things is going to be what is the best way to keep all of these very different guys, you know, at particular stages in their careers, healthiest, whether you're talking about the workout regimens, whether you're talking about diet, all of that stuff. Like it, yeah. it's not going to be one size fits all. So it, again, it just it just speaks to me about details. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if people do get hurt, who gets blamed. Um, because you know, the eyes always look at the training staff, but it's not always running out fault. of dudes. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, got a great show coming on Friday. We actually recorded it earlier on Thursday with Nick Angstad of Locked on Mavs. Um, this was before we even knew Palenka was speaking and doesn't change substantially what would have talked about. So that's a great show for Friday into the weekend. Uh, and Locked on Lakers on YouTube, Cam Brothers on Twitter. Appreciate you guys joining us every day um, as you do and hopefully will throughout the season. And we'll see everyone on Friday.